Hey, this is Mark Redman from the Jumping the Rail podcast, and I am joined by my tag team partner and co-host Mike Nargelina. Say hey, Narge. Hey, this is Narge. How's everybody doing out there? So this is kind of an introduction. Uh, we got an episode dropping here in about a week on August 12th, was it? Asking our producer, giving me the thumbs up. So August 12th on next Thursday will be our first episode. And we're basically going to cover wrestling, past, present, and future. Talk about the current product, where they're going wrong, where they're going right. We'll spotlight old matches, current matches, rumors, gossip, news, everything you can even possibly imagine. And, uh, yeah, hopefully uh, hopefully you all enjoy it. You got anything to add, Narge? No, that sounds good. I'm, I'm going to be here to fill in all the spots that uh, you don't have thoughts on. So, yeah, I'm pretty opinionated, so we'll uh, we'll figure it out as we go. Yeah, Narge is our ringer. He's uh, he's a veteran. He was uh, he was our megastar, formerly known as the Pain Train, in the Midwest wrestling scene. Uh, yeah, brief time in the ring, uh, four or five years. Uh, Got to share locker room with a couple of guys, so that was fun. I do have a little bit of knowledge of the inner workings of the independent scene. So, Narge, when did you become a fan of wrestling? Uh, my earliest recollection is uh, my cousin across the street actually was a big fan and used to babysit us and would watch the VHS tapes. And I remember seeing Andre the Giant and Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania 3. From there, I've, I've been a fan ever since. I bet it was, I, mean, I had to be three or four years old, 87, 88. So. Okay, yeah, that was about the same time. I was, well, I'm a little older than you are, but about November of 86. Uh, wrestling Challenge on Channel 27, and they had uh, it was actually I remember it vividly. It was when Randy Savage damaged Steve Moat's larynx. Yeah, going into WrestleMania, it freaked me out. I was I was like, <laughs> oh wow. That's, of course, my dad was trying to tell me, oh no, this is all fake. And I was like, I don't care. This is awesome. I did not learn that it was fake until much later on. My family was not into pro wrestling at all. My grandfather. Um, Liked it by default. His grandson liked it, so he liked it. So thanks to him, I got to go to my first live show. Uh, the rest of my family, they they don't really get it, but they've always tolerated it. So Yeah, I, I can never convince my dad to take us to Springfield or Indianapolis for the big shows at the Prairie Capital Convention Center. But, uh, yeah, my grandma told me years later that she knew who Wilbur Snyder was, which blew my mind <laughs> for anybody that knows 50s wrestling. But, yeah, my brother and I used to just watch it all the time. My parents hated it. Still do. And, uh, yeah, just been hooked on it ever since. Absolutely, yeah. And, I did. I mean, that's how we became friends, I think. Uh, yeah. Was I wearing a wrestling T-shirt at the bar one night, or you I were remember, one of us? <laughs> I remember you were wearing your I Broke Wahoo's Leg shirt. Yeah. Because... I still got that shirt. Yeah. It's oh, not... oh, they have a meat cute. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, That's how I've met quite a few friends, though, actually, in the scene, is just wearing a shirt. It, it's crazy. My wife gets embarrassed. Mark knows Rachel. Anytime we're out and I wear a shirt, and I'll tell her before we leave the house. I said, wait, I'll get a comment on this. She's like, no, you won't. We'll literally be somewhere for 30 seconds, and somebody's like, cool shirt, bro. And she's like, I don't even want to hear about this. It happened a couple weeks back at my son's baseball tournament. I walked up wearing a Brian Pillman t-shirt. 
and strolling along, and here comes this big guy, 6'6". I think he's a coach for a team from up north. Smacks me on the back, and he's like, cool shirt, bro. I'm like, oh, cool. And my wife had already walked away and left. She was embarrassed, so it happens. Yeah, I was at the the bar about two years ago, and I was wearing my I'm a Paul Heyman guy shirt that I have. And some random guy came up to me and just talking about Paul Heyman for probably a good 10 minutes. <laughs> I got a free beer out of it. He's like, yeah, I'm going to come over here. Someone talked about Heyman brought me a beer. He's like, all right, I'll talk wrestling all day, especially if you're buying me beer. Yeah, whatever it takes. You're going to get a lot of that. You're either going to get the big fans or you're going to get the ones that just don't understand it and they use the dreaded F word. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. I hate the F word. <laughs> I think we've been fans long enough to kind of understand um, you know, there's there's room for everybody, so yeah. There's always room. I'm always willing to talk to anybody about wrestling, even if you're a novice. And if people have questions, I answer them with what knowledge I have from 30 plus years of just watching the product. And like I said you got the bird's eye uh, viewpoint from being in locker rooms and actually working with some of these guys. Didn't yeah. didn't you tell me you got put in a sleeper hole by Brutus Beefcake? I did. The WWE Hall of Famer Brutus the Barber Beefcake put me in the sleeper hold and um, some little little dirt hole bar over in Danville, Illinois. Uh, That same show, we had Dan the Beast Severn. Um, Total opposite gentleman in real life. Dan the Beast, a very large, intimidating gentleman, but also very sweet, very nice. I'm going to kill his whole mystique here. Um, Where Brutus Beefcake... Not so much. He was more concerned about other things. He was still mm-hmm. trying to live the rock star lifestyle uh-huh. ten years after his prime. You hear that about a lot of like the real tough, like bad guys. Finger quotes is that they wind up being just big teddy bears, you know? Oh yeah, absolutely. Dan Severn, I met in the parking garage that day. He's got a thick Michigan accent, and how are you doing, Mike? Uh, shook my hand, gave me a big hug, and when, when he shook my hand, I mean, he took his catcher's mitt that he has as a paw and wrapped it around my hand. Right. And for those who don't know me, I'm a fairly large gentleman. I'm 6'1", uh, used to be at the time about 3'30", a little less now. And uh, I, I dwarfed Dan, and I actually watched Dan pick a guy about my size that night and throw him over his head like a sack of potatoes, no problem. I was heard Severn with the old... Uh Old phrase Taz used to say he'd rather throw you than know you. Yeah, and I, like I said, he could do it with ease. I, w- I was very impressed. And all the time I've been, I did the independent stuff. That was one of the times I was most impressed. As this podcast goes along, I'll share some other stories of guys, whether it be Jerry Lynn, I've got a great Spike Dudley story, um, Shark Boy, all of those guys. So nice. I, I've, I've seen a few come and go. Yeah, I don't have as many cool stories. I've I met quite a few wrestlers, a lot of them that you might recognize from like AEW now from when they were on the indies, and then a few legends here and there. So I think we got some cool stuff to tell you all about. And, uh, yeah, that's going to commence on next Thursday, August 12th, will be our first episode dropping probably about 90 minutes or so. Just, you know, I think it'll be uh, – I think it'll be entertaining. So yeah, I think it'll be good. We got a lot of stuff to look forward to coming up. I know me personally, looking forward to AEW Rampage. Yeah. Plus the pay per view in Chicago. We're here in Illinois, so you mm-hmm. know there's a lot of talk, a lot of rumors, a lot of mm-hmm. there. There is a lot of speculation, yeah. and uh, I think I think we're going to address it, jump into it, and we're going to have a lot to talk about in mm-hmm. the fall after this pay per view. Oh, yeah. 
And there's a lot of speculation on the bad end too, with uh, with everything going on. There's talk about going back to the Thunderdome or shutting down again. We hope that doesn't happen, obviously. But uh, hopefully we can keep because the crowds have been hotter than I remember them being for a long time before everybody opened back up again this past month. Most definitely. I mean, um, just watching Raw Monday night. I mean, the crowd that were in Chicago. Chicago's mm-hmm. always a hot crowd. Mm-hmm. It wasn't particularly a great show, but it wasn't terrible. But the crowd was still. They were into it. Right. That made you more into it. it it's just much better watching people and how they react compared to watching your people on a screen on your screen. Yeah. So. Well, even look at last night. Dynamite was. I think we both agree was a pretty lackluster performance overall, but the crowd was just white hot for it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the, the Daily's Place crowd, um, th- they have been loyal to a fault to AEW, and they've, they've sat through some great stuff last night. Kind of a dud, I think we talked about. It was kind of mm-hmm. AEW dark light, even. I yeah. mean, they, they were saving it for the, the big match at the end. Right, which, which delivered. It was a good match. Which absolutely delivered. Good angle at the end. Thank you. I gotta play with the soundboard just a little bit. No, that's our live crowd, Narge. Oh yeah, yes, we are. We're live here in front of a studio audience. Right, right. audience of one. But no, I uh, I have a term that I use about AEW fans that a lot of people would give me crap about, but I call it emotional bias, which basically means it's new and it's exciting, and it is. And I'm a fan of AEW. Guilty as charged. But people are. Letting the newness cloud their judgment about some of the things on the show, whether it's production issues or shoddy officiating or too many high spots, you name it. There, yeah, I mean, there's there's a touch of that. You're right. I I'm guilty of that. I um I see it as a nostalgia thing, which they hold they they fall heavy on nostalgia. Tony, yeah. Tony right. liked WCW. Tony liked ECW. Tony brings the legends out. I really see AEW as a mix of that. I mean, it's kind of they've got the hardcore, they've got the the legends. It's right. I mean, it, it's essentially what ECW was. The thing that I like that they do is they'll bring in people that nobody's heard of. Like they brought in Nick Gage, they brought in Warhorse, they brought in all these indie guys that have up until October of 2019 had no TV exposure whatsoever, and they're just making a meal out of it and have, doing a hell of a job, really. Yeah, I think Tony has his ear to the ground and uh, he his finger on the pulse. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you know he's he's on Twitter, he's on the podcast, he he's on uh, one of your favorite shows, Busted Open on Sirius. <laughs> yeah, um, and uh, Tony knows what the people want. Where the the gentleman running the show on the other side may be a little out of touch and is uh, he's he's got a few too many voices in his in his ear. I think like nobody th- nobody is afraid to tell him. Everybody's afraid to tell him no. Well, that's that's true. I think he holds a lot of power. I do think age plays into it at this yeah, point. He's, so he's seventy five years old. Isn't I, th- I think he's the people in his ear. They're afraid of him. They're afraid <laughs> of him, and uh, yeah, he's Except, got yes men, which is something Vince has always had yeah. around him. So yeah, and uh, the people that like Triple H and Regal and people like that that kind of have a finger on the pulse of what should be happening have to take a back seat to Vince because he's set in his ways and he's convinced that what worked in 1995 is going to work in 2021 which is well, frankly a problem 
Yeah, and then, you know, I think we both agree that WWE's hottest period was definitely after 95. 1997 is the best year that they ever had, I think. And, you know, with this day and age, it would be hard to go back to that era. I think a lot of people want Attitude Era. I, I, I would love yeah, to see I'm not there's, easily there's offended. There's a line but, there. There's, yeah. there's a line there that you don't want to really cross. But, no, they, they can definitely put their toe back in the water for the Attitude stuff. Uh, put you on the spot. What's your favorite current wrestling show on television? Uh, it's AEW Dynamite. I mean, I don't miss it uh, every Wednesday. That's the two-hour block that I set aside at my mm-hmm. house. I tell my wife, my show's on. Except for last night, I was messaging you about things, and you were out of the room. I, I was, yeah, and la- but like we said, last night was a little lackluster. I could just tell the segments ahead of time that, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but that, that's definitely the show that I, I give my most attention to. See, with me, I, th- I my favorite currently is NXT on Tuesdays. Just I think it's the best pure wrestling product on television right now. Like they don't miss often. Like the in ring is good, the promos are good. Like I said, Triple H is running it and he knows what he wants. And the guys and girls working in the locker room know what he wants and they respect him enough to kinda go with it. But he lets them explore their character a little bit too. No, I agree. I what a lot of people disagree with me, but I actually liked it better when they were on the same night. I could flip back and forth like I used to. Now it's almost too much wrestling. Um, so it's you watch three hours of Raw, and then the next night it's two. You know, I've already set aside my two hours for mm-hmm. AEW. So by the time AEW rolls around, if I watch NXT, I've watched five hours of wrestling, not to mention the hodgepodge I watch on YouTube or Facebook. Right. or You know, so it's just a lot. I, I love wrestling. I do. But it's, you know, I've got... The, I got the three kids and the wife, and it's hard to manage right. it all. So, See, I'm not home a lot of nights during the week. I got band practices and game nights and whatever. So usually what I watch from WWE, I watch on Hulu the next day, which cuts all the commercials out. And like, they have the Raw they put on Hulu is an hour and a half long, which is great. <laughs> and you've mentioned this numerous times to me, and I always forget about it. I don't know why. I sit here and I devote three hours when I could probably just watch the meat and potatoes the next day. So Right. It's all, all killer, no filler. <clears throat> well, some filler on Hulu. <laughs> but AEW, if I'm not home on Wednesday, they have to show up on YouTube the next day. They got dark on YouTube elevation. So there's ways to get around it. That's why everybody says AEW won the ratings. I don't think ratings play a factor in most of the stuff anymore. Well, let me ask you this. I'm putting you, on the sp- you put me on the spot. What show am I watching the most? What current professional wrestler has your attention the most? Is it somebody on NXT or is it somebody not on NXT? Actually, it's somebody not on NXT. It's uh, kind of for personal reasons. It's Eddie Kingston in AEW. I actually got to meet him in 2007 at IW Mid-South show in Joliet, and he was awesome. He was a cool guy. He worked a I think it was a last man standing match with Hero that night, and they just killed each other. And after the show was over, he was sore as hell, but he still made time to talk to everybody. And then when he showed up, he worked Cody his first night, right, in AW? Oh, yeah, I believe it was during the Open open Challenge. challenge. Yeah, and he did a great job. They let him cut a promo, which I don't think would have happened if he would have debuted for Vince. They would have just had him come out and wrestle and... Yeah, I think the promo is what won him over. I think, I think that so, yeah. was really what Tony saw in him. Is the guy can work the mic? He's right. maybe the best guy on the mic in the whole mm-hmm. on the whole roster. Yeah, 
Plus, he can work his ass off. He's a he's a Chikara guy. He worked he trained with Quackenbush, so he knows what he's doing. He can. He doesn't. He doesn't have your typical pro wrestler look. I think I've told you that before. I like right. him personality wise, gear wise. He's it's gotten better. It's gotten I better. Still think we could work on it. But his, his gear game in like the two thousands was better when he would just t-shirt and pants you know nothing fancy and I'm just glad he isn't stuff. dressed as the green power ranger again yeah his, that's true. his big his big time match and that may have been one of the worst gear picks of all time yeah I, it was pretty rough makes me wonder whose call that was because i <laughs> i don't know if he just decided to get fancy or what but yeah maybe maybe tony maybe tk told him to step it up a little bit but maybe but Stepping up isn't Kingston's game. He's he's a street guy. You know, he's got to kind of be himself, and that's the thing you got to be careful about, especially on a TV product, is not letting the network or the promoters try to water you down too much for just to please audiences. No, oh, yeah, you got to be yourself. I think fans see through that. True fans see when you're, you know, yes, characters are involved, but the best characters are. When you're, it's your true personality. Right. Uh, there's a lot of wrestlers we could point to over the years who were true to who they were. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of Kingston, I was reading something earlier today that that was one of people's favorite moments last night was Kingston just marking out for Sting. He just he was like yeah. a little kid with his hero, couldn't get enough, and I think it was genuine. I really do. I mean, can you imagine? You, I mean, Kingston's been around forever, but. He was he was young when Sting was during his prime. Mm-hmm. The guy from 2.0 didn't have the same experience with Sting on the outside <laughs> of the ring. But okay, so you asked me that. I'm going to ask you the same question: Who has your attention on wrestling these days? Uh, I, my favorite right now, who I really just enjoy the character development again. It is AEW, but it's Darby Allen, and that's from day one. I saw him and I was like, man, what was he? A, a buck ten, a buck fifteen? What, what are they going to do with this guy? Uh, what really won me over is we went to a live show together in Indy, and he yeah. wrestled Moxley that night. I think it was, it was Noble's Barn, and Moxley had just jumped the jumped the rail. Cheap <laughs> yeah, <they> pop. <laughs> where's, where's the rim shot? Oh wait a minute, we got a. Yeah, there we go. Good, Good enough. enough. Um, but he dove out of the ring like a madman, right into the guardrail, and I was like, "Oh, yeah, oh he, my!" He could, <laughs> he could care less about his body. He just he'll throw himself at anything, which makes me very nervous that he's not going to live to see forty. I, um, yeah, I he it, it's going down that Sabu path. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. I enjoy him. I really want to see what he can do as a heel, and I think it's coming. That this Sting Darby thing will not last forever, and I think that's the easy way out for him is that he's gonna have to turn on Sting at some point. Now, see, I'm I'm a little different. I think Sting turns on him. I'd be okay with that. Sting had, didn't get much of a heel run back in the day. You he, know, Sting, brief. Can, Sting can work heel, and the thing is, he did most sting, of his heel work in TNA, right? Yeah, heel Sting would do more for Darby than heel Darby would do for Sting. That's true. Darby, but Darby's already such a baby face. That's, that's the only thing. That's the only. But I think that's. I think Tony's gonna ride that baby face wave as long as he can, though, with him. That's your segment right Mark, Mark's just been handed an important note here. <laughs> it is a list of. <laughs> I said we're. Uh, Wait a minute, where's our breaking news button? Uh, we <laughs> got we one have, of those. We have ones? There's too many. 
It's not fake news. Oh, it might be. Wait a minute. <laughs> I broke there's, the button. There's the old podcast cliche. We're not ready. Anyway, da 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 da. Over you here, breaking news. news. Oh, fake news. Fake news. That's we jumped sort of the risk. rail. We're off the rails. Here off, we go. Yeah. yeah so, I've, just to give you guys a kind of an idea of what's going to happen here, we'll stop going on and on. But uh, yeah, we're going to go through segments about like the rumors and the news. We'll talk about what we're watching, like what kind of what we just did. But we'll have <laughs> we we do like to argue about certain issues in wrestling, usually revolving around Hulk Hogan. The greatest wrestler of all time, brother. <laughs> greatest worker, and that's not always a good thing. Uh, we'll kind of recap what we see on TV every... Well, it's going to be every two weeks. We're not going to do the show weekly. It's going to be every other Thursday. We have obligations, people. We do have obligations. <laughs> I mean, that may change as time goes on. But for now, we're going to just go every other week because there's so much podcast content in the world for a weekly viewing and ingesting so we're going to kind of lighten the load a little bit we will be spotlighting a match every week every, every show from that two week period that we think needs to be reviewed or rewatched or recommended to anybody we'll again we'll just kind of do an open chat like we just did for a few minutes every show eventually we're going to get to where we're going to try and do some interviews with people that we think would be cool to have on whether it's people that Narge knows from his wrestling days or other fans in the area that just to find out what other people think. It could it could be anything. I think it'll be cool. And then we'll have a little little nerd out moment about the on this date, you know, kind of thing. Just go through some history. Because both Narge and I both really like the older stuff better than the newer stuff, pretty much. Absolutely. How many more sections you got? Oh, just one more. Just uh, All right. And then we'll have a, a kind of a recommendation for a match for people to watch on like YouTube or whatever streaming. We'll just pick one, and then we'll break it down, and then people can go back and watch it afterwards and see if they agree or disagree. Seems like these days more people disagree with me than agree with me on uh, social media. I've got a I've got a buddy that got blocked on Twitter by everybody's favorite radio host, Dave LaGreca, today. I love Dave LaGreca. I don't. I don't know what your buddy's problem is. Dave, uh, Dave is pretty uh, a straight shooter. I'm sure he's a great guy. <laughs> he's a family guy, you know, and he's a fan. I'm never gonna crap on fans because you know we're fans. But it's just his, and I tend to agree with my buddy here. He gets on tangents and starts yelling and carrying on. It's too early in the morning to be doing that. It's like seven in the morning on his time. Market gets the people going. Yeah, I like it. It also annoys some of the people, but anyway, now we uh, yeah, I listen to Busted Open every day, and it's got Dave is the host. They got like Bully Ray, Tommy Dreamer, but Mark Henry, guys like that, the co-hosts with them that have really cool takes on things. Yep, we're snapping our fingers at oh. the producer. Where's the bell button on here? We're on there somewhere. No, <laughs> this thing's terrible. We're trying to teach Narge <laughs> uh, technology. WWE. Which one? Everyone says WWE Bell on there somewhere. Mm. No, this is it. That's what you want. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm gonna end the, the Te- end, end our teaching, little chit chat here with a. Uh, this is like teaching the monkey how to do a computer. Is getting our. Yeah, which one is that? Bottom right. Bottom right. <laughs> oh, there it is. It it wasn't listed. 
Mark, you got anything else you want to talk about before I end the show on a somber note? Uh, no, I think we've covered everything. Just uh, remind you guys, starting next Thursday, we'll be picking up doing 90 minutes about uh, everything we already highlighted here. And I believe Narge has something that he wants to to add before we say goodbye today. I think we will. Um, we're going to end the show. Normally, they do a 10-bell salute when we lose somebody. Right. I'll keep it short today, and we will do a three-bell salute Okay. Um, to one of the greatest tag team wrestlers of all time, one of my personal favorite wrestlers I've ever watched. One of my favorite matches was this gentleman against Ric Flair at Clash of the Champions. As a kid, I thought he legitimately had a chance to beat Ric Flair. Mm-hmm. Um, the master of the Alabama Jam, mm-hmm. one half of the Midnight Express. Uh, beautiful Bobby Eaton passed away, and uh, I think we should salute him with a, uh, a three-bell salute here at the end of the show. I like it. All right. This is, t- this is for you, beautiful Bobby. Very nice. Yeah, I love Bobby. I always said the Midnight Express, I think, is the greatest tag team ever. If a lot of people say the Road Warriors, I always say Midnight Express. No, the Midnight Express, I agree with you 100%. They um, ring work, character, having Jim Cornette on the outside. Cornette never hurts. Oh, Cornette. We'll have to address this at a podcast later yeah. on, but we'll talk about our favorite um, variation of the Midnight Express. Right. There were a couple there. Yeah. So. I'm getting we have different ones. Uh, more than likely, yeah. But just to, to wrap it up, and we're going to kind of doing the whole old match breakdown YouTube thing. I'm just going to recommend a Midnight Express match, if you don't mind. No, absolutely. Throw it out there. Go out. It should be on. It's probably on Daily Motion, actually. From the Great American Bash 1990, the Midnight Express against the Wild Eyed Southern Boys from uh, Baltimore. Oh, Tracy, Tracy Smothers. Smothers and Steve Armstrong. It was probably my favorite tag team match ever. No, that's a good one. I remember that one as well. Um, Mark's throwing out a match. We, we'll only throw out one each week, but again, I I recommend you head out, hop on the this network. This is a special case. I think we can throw out another. Look up this beautiful Bobby Ric Flair uh, Clash, Clash of Champions. Of right? Champions. I wish I could remember. There were so it's, many. And it's I'm from 1991, up. I want to say. I know which match. It's a great match. Let and, me pull uh, up the Google machine. Uh, what's XV? <laughs> Fifteen. Clash of Champions 15, June 12th, 1991. You can find that. Ric Flair, Bobby Eaton, uh, two out of three falls. Incredible match. I remember being a kid watching it at my grandmother's in the bedroom. Um, and I just, I really thought he was going to win. Yeah, and that's just how good Eaton was, you know. I mean, in reality, nobody's beating Flair on a clash for the title. But Eaton was so good, he could make you believe and. That says a lot. That's something that a lot of wrestlers today are lacking in their performance. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Believability. Yep, yep. All right, well, I think that's a good time to wrap it up. So until next Thursday, August 12th, I'm Mark. That's Narge. This is Jumping the Rail, so we'll see you next week. Bye.